0: Here's
1: Kid
0: Carson and Jordan McCloskey. I'm doing this video so I can, I'm doing this video so I can, I'm doing this video so Cardi I can B you
2: guys Cardi B has now started a new trend. I think this is going to be the beginning of something big. She's now started an OnlyFans page. Which is I'm not sure if you've seen this app. I think it's an app or website. I haven't been on it to be honest, but it's like a It's basically a site that was started for people who like to get nude on camera.
1: Oh, basically, you know, there's like websites like that. We can go, (laughs) I didn't see that coming. I thought it was going to be like only fans of Cardi B can come here.
2: Well, no, it's like, it's like only fans can see me with my clothes off. That's the,
1: that's the gist. Oh, so she's going to be naked and the only her fans can come see her naked. Is that it? Well, that's what the site's for. The fight,
2: the site is basically you pay monthly. I think you set your own prices and then only your fans can see you with your clothes off. And, It's really exploded since the pandemic because a lot of people who are in adult entertainment, they can't dance because the clubs are shut down and the whole thing. So they're now now moved it all over to this this paid site, which has been around for a while, but it's just recently exploded. Kind of like the Zoom. Kind of like the Zoom, (laughs) yes. Cardi B is, I think, the first that I've heard of anyways, the first celebrity that has now opened up an
1: OnlyFans page. But you told me she was a stripper before, right? She she was. So So she's she's comfortable being...
2: She's no stranger. We'll just look at her latest music video. She's clearly comfortable in her own skin. I mean, her new video dropped this week. It's called WAP, W-A-P. It's, It's. I can't even tell you what it stands for. No. Wet. All right, all right, all right. The, Google, just say... <laughs> Google it. It's next level.
0: I'm doing this video so I can let you guys know that now you can subscribe to my OnlyFans. And on my OnlyFans, I will be putting the BTS of the WAP music video.
2: BTS behind the scenes.
0: Not only the day of that music video, but um, just like the whole process of it, days before, me trying to rehearse, me trying to do a f- split on a f- chair after I haven't stretched out for f- Almost
2: a year. So her price, I think you can set your own price versus five bucks a month. And then you get access to all the behind the scenes. I mean, I think this is going to be the new trend, man, because celebrities are putting on Instagram for free. And if you are a a celebrity who likes to get a little more risque, Mm -hmm. um, because that's how you get the clicks, um, they're going now to this other thing where you get the five bucks a month thing. So like, for example, let's say you had, I don't know, let's say you had a thousand people.
1: Let's say let's let's Wait, go on my which, Instagram followers. I just got 600, which is a big deal for me. So my 600 followers. So let's say it's 600 people. Where's my calculator?
2: So 600 okay. people. Let's say five bucks a month. Let's just say all 600 people. Uh, that's three thousand dollars a month. Thirty six thousand dollars a year. A little something. What would you show? Oh, geez. For three thousand dollars a month. What are you going to uh, show? Don't us? even. What are you going to show us? Don't even. I mean, you'll show nipple, right?
1: <laughs> Stop it.
2: Come on. <laughs> Seriously. What would you show? Well, hold, how many fans do I have? On five dollars a month. You're not have, showing anything. Hold on, say, I have I have twenty thousand Instagram followers. Oh God! Let's say half of them went to my OnlyFans page if I had one. Let's say I had ten thousand times five bucks a month. That's fifty thousand dollars. Oh my! I'm showing no. everything. I will just be bent over at the waist <laughs> for constantly for fifty thousand dollars a month.
1: Oh, and they can talk to you as you're doing it.
2: Well, I don't know. I've never been on the site, but all I know is that I don't know. It's five bucks a month. That's all I know. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, It's a sad It's actually kind of sad The way it's going mm-hmm. We're now just going to start Selling our, our we're, The average person Is going to start Selling their bodies Do well, you know what I'm saying <laughs> And, and but Cardi B's the first Like really like She's at the top Of her game right now mm-hmm. There are other Kind of D celebrities
1: That they're doing it But she used to strip So she's a little bit More comfortable well, Than the Cardi average B's celebrity doing that um, Go back to you Oh, What God. are you showing I thought I dodged that
2: <laughs> okay, That's fine <laughs>
1: Consider it dodged, brother. Okay. The Hollywood Minute with Jordan McCloskey. What's happening, buddy? Selena Gomez's new cooking show, Selena Plus Chef, debuts tonight on HBO Max. There you Please. go. All right. What are you going to teach me to cook? I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying. You have eggs. Eggs. Butter. Butter. What's that? Butter. 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 <laughs> it's like a French chef and he's oh, on I Zoom. See. It's, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Mine's fire. Oh,
2: no, Selena, you're not an
1: electric extol. Sorry. Oh, I'm understand. It's like a Disney character, like a cartoon <laughs> <laughs> character talking to her teacher. It's article. a talking broom in the corner. Yeah. Hi, yo, <laughs> Selena. Can't understand what he's saying. Yeah, so it's basically her screwing up, and this chef teaches her. It says on a Zoom conference, so it's I guess it was filmed during the pandemic. Who's on a, Zoom? Her and the chef. Are doing this, this the show? They're
2: both on Zoom doing a cooking show, right? Because so who's I, actually wisping the wisp? She is, but he's teaching her. Oh, so she's in the kitchen, he's <laughs> on Zoom. He's going, I
1: yay. he's a talking wisp. <laughs> Hold me. <laughs> it's like a wisp cart- me. Yeah. So oh, it premieres today. Or, I, I think we get HBO Max in Canada, don't we? Now, I think it's
2: on Crave. Is it Crave?
1: It's on today. Haley okay. Bieber, Justin Bieber's wife, hey, says hey. they haven't made any babies in quarantine. Dot 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 yet
0: do you know that's Haley
1: berry's one of her favorite songs I, it's one of my favorite songs yeah, on I spotify song. she has her list yeah and that was her top pick i love this song intentions so basically his they're quarantined and she's saying oh we're still newlyweds and we're still trying to dis- discover each other and uh <laughs> the article says here which is funny it says justin's tour got postponed so they're not touring the world But they're able to stay at his uh, country estate, which is basically a farm in Ontario, right? Stratford, right? Stratford outside. Well, you see pictures like we grew up in that area. Yeah, Stratford's not beautiful. So Haley, well, Stratford's beautiful, but around the area is these farm, kind of boring
2: downtown. It's a theater town.
1: Yeah. So you get some old, cool cobblestone things happening,
2: but outside of it, there's no mountains. It's just flat
1: farmland. So Haley could have been touring the world, Paris. You know, Australia, Italy, but now she's stuck there. So, Kelly Clarkson is going to fill in for Simon Cowell. He heard he broke his back. Oh, I heard about that. Yeah, yeah. Here's a clip. Here's a.
2: He wanted to show them his new electric bike.
1: This is his wife.
0: It's very fast and very powerful. I don't think he obviously realized just how powerful it Mm -hmm. was, and part of his back was broken.
2: Yeah, he, she, what she's saying, the accent is thick there, but he was testing out a new electric bike.
1: Well, this is why I say be careful with your electric skateboard crazy thing that you have. You've my one heard. wheel. My one wheel. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Because now they said the latest, latest update is he's had a six-hour operation, fused discs, and he, they've put a rod in his back.
2: Oh, my God.
1: So it's, it's, you got to watch out for those electric everything.
2: So he takes this electric bike for a test run. Showing off to people to say hey, look how cool it is. How do you break your back riding a bike? Like, are you riding it like you're in the circus? Look, look at me, to... everybody!
1: I'm up on top of it. Look, I'm standing on the handlebar. Oh, well, well, you can't do this on normal bikes. <laughs> just he's got an got a, electric bike He's trying. To, I bet he was trying to smoke while he's riding the bike. <laughs> yeah, trying to be cool. Oh my god! So just wear wear a helmet. I know you did. And <laughs> I guess I have this in common with with Simon Cowell. My
2: very first time riding my one wheel. Which is like a skateboard looking thing with just one wheel in the middle. You've seen them around the seawall or downtown. I broke my shoulder my first ride, my maiden voyage. Oh. And it was, I almost had to get surgery. It's crazy. Should have been a headline. If if the
1: Hollywood Minute back then, it would have been Kid Carson injured his shoulder. Kid
2: Carson breaks his shoulder, (laughs) riding a one wheel, trying to be 20 years old. (laughs) What an idiot.
1: That's your Hollywood Minute. Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. We just found out we're getting
2: a. In that little little ad campaign, they're gonna get some photos of us and print out some flyers and put them under windshields and all the parking lots. <laughs> tell everyone about the show, which is exciting. It is, um, but also now it opens up a whole box of of stress for us. Just salary and water for me in the next twenty four hours. <laughs> Jordan's just telling me off the air like, oh, how he's gonna try to get some workouts in between now and Friday morning, which is what isn't that tomorrow? <laughs>
1: Yeah, today's the it's, it's very much tomorrow, uh, see, Friday.
2: God, I wish we had more notice. You know, I don't know about you guys, but you know, I, I need a I need a photographer who knows Photoshop. I that's need, very important, right? I need Photoshop. Face, I need Facetune. Facetune. I need to make my eyes bigger. My
1: lips, <laughs> my lips plumper. <laughs> oh my God, maybe that's what we should do. Use Facetune. Well, that's up to the photographer if they have that, but Photoshop can do that. That's what Photoshop
2: is, right? I mean, if kids on their phones can use Facetune, and not even kids, I mean, grown women are tuning their faces before they go on Instagram. Right. You know, I don't feel like I'm ready for a photo shoot. I, I need more notice. Anyways, uh, that's our, that's literally our biggest concern right now.
1: And I and, hope he doesn't say, Hey guys, turn around and look at the camera. Cause then my bald spot will show. Oh, <laughs> we can't have that.
2: No, no looking over the shoulder shots. <laughs> How about I get on your shoulders and I'll play your bald spot like a bongo drum. <laughs> and then I'll go, we will throw sparkles in the air. I don't know, but we got to get creative with this. <laughs> Anyway, I know it's it's so stupid with with everything that's happening in the world our biggest concern is our photo shoot.
1: I as an actor <sighs> I had two times that I did headshots. You were there for one of the times. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I, I hated headshots. I hated that afternoon that oh and you you have wardrobes and Oh, you, I hate getting my picture
2: taken is the
1: is like torture. Yeah. It's
2: The last thing I want to do. But I guess between between our little talking segments this morning, we'll be doing sprints back and forth in slow motion.
1: Perfect. Good, great idea. We'll
2: just run around the mixing board, trying to prepare for 24 hours from now. Here's Kid Carson and Jordan McCloskey. I am so flattered. I feel like the luckiest guy in the world right now. I put out a call for rhubarb last week.
1: You did. <laughs> You're like my mom. <laughs> I'm like, I need rhubarb. Um,
2: and a guy just dropped off a huge box of rhubarb to us in the studio downtown vancouver he drove from surrey from his family farm and i just honest to god you know when someone does something so nice for you well you started to sob <laughs> I didn't, I didn't <laughs> sob. <laughs> but i uh, honestly it's that kind of stuff can can literally bring a, a tear to my eye yeah. when someone goes out of their way to do something so nice he was just here he just left he came so quick he was out so quick i begged him to come on the show he didn't want to come on just, I think it's maybe a little bit nervous to go on the radio, like, like 99.9% of people would be, but I'm like, just come on real quick. And he, he I want to respect that. He didn't want to. So anyways, um, just a nice, I'm so, I'm a huge so touched
1: box of rhubarb. I'm so moved. <laughs> this is insane.
2: I know what's cool too, is that rhubarb is out of season. So you can't, uh, you can't buy it in stores because there's not enough to supply all the grocery stores. So it's just one of those things that goes away until next year, till next March, he says, but, um, but they still have it on the farms. So he went out this morning and cut fresh rhubarb, packed a huge box for me. I didn't realize he cut it. He cut it himself Oh, and then drove it here. And he hit me up in the VIP text club. And he's like, hey, man, I heard you say you need a rhubarb. I'm I'm on my way. I just can't believe it. That's awesome.
1: And he gave us blueberries too.
2: And yeah, it's his family farm. They've been growing rhubarb and other things for like over 30 years. What's the name of the family farm?
1: Kamal Farms Limited? Kamal? It's right in front of you.
2: I don't know. I guess... Oh yeah, Come all. C A M A L, just uh, from Surrey, Surrey
1: B C. Yeah. God, oops, I'm oh. dropping blueberries
2: everywhere. Oh, I'm so good. I just,
1: I'm just, I'm so, I'm so thankful. Yeah, that was awesome. I'm he like, Dude, such a nice I... guy.
2: i like, of course, my instinct is to go like, well, what can I do for you, man? What can I do for you? He's like, nothing, man, nothing. And someday, I said, well, someday you call me and you'll be like, hey, you owe me one, man. I'm yeah. the rhubarb guy. And now, Kid Carson, anyways, can yes. have his rhubarb gin. But... That, well, that's okay. I forgot. That's why you want that's the rhubarb. That's the reason, yeah. If you missed the conversation last week, sorry, can I chew this blueberry one? So? My wife was having a girls' night with some of her girlfriends. And her friend's like, hey, we're going to make our own rhubarb-infused gin. And I'm like, what? And it Because we're not really gin drinkers. But sure enough, what they did was they washed and cut up the rhubarb into little pieces. They pack a jar full of it. And then they top it up with gin. And let it sit for like two, three, four weeks, the longer the better. And it turns the gin in this unbelievable... Something about the flavor of rhubarb, it oh. turns it into this incredible... Like, so then you can mix it with tonic and you don't need any other flavor. It's like just the, the flavor is so potent and delicious that this became our summer drink. But I ended up drinking most of it. And my wife was upset. She's like, I can't even... Make more because rhubarb is out of season. And that's when I went out on the air and said, please, is there someone with rhubarb? Yeah. And this guy just
1: saved me. So this will be our, our winter uh, And I grew, our winter up, I grew up with my mom. She always had a garden. Mm-hmm. And she always grew rhubarb back in the day and always made rhubarb pie. And so I see that. It's like nostalgic for me. I'm like, yeah. oh, my God. It reminds me when I was a kid. Anyways, got to say thanks to Prod, Kamal Farms in Surrey, BC. Thank you, man. The Kid Carson Show presents the big free plug proudly supported
0: by med credit
2: okay i think you need to know cicely blaine and you're gonna know her because <laughs> you tuned in at the perfect time to meet her cicely what's up
0: i'm doing good i'm you know getting through the pandemic like everyone else <laughs> what a
2: weird time right
0: super weird it's yeah. so
2: crazy by the way what a cool name cicely
0: thank you thanks so such much.
2: a great name <laughs> um so what is it that you do you have your own company
0: yes um, so... people need
2: to know you because yes. <laughs> of the times we're living in mm-hmm. everyone is now suddenly going hey there's this thing called white privilege and we're learning about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I run a consulting company here in Vancouver, but like we have clients all over the world. We do anti-racism training. We do unconscious bias training, everything under the sort of equity, inclusion, un- anti-oppression, social justice umbrella, um, just to kind of help people to have safer, more respectful, more inclusive workplaces. Um yeah, you know, I I love what I get to do and I love the conversations we get to have. And as you say, people have sort of awoken to it this past summer, especially, yeah. you know, with the incident of of George Floyd. I think that really brought people's attention to the fact that racism exists, anti-blackness exists. And we've been doing this work for a few years now, but I think especially this year, we're seeing people like, oh yeah, we, we've got to do something about this.
2: Are these conversations, are they awkward?
0: Yes, uh, yes. Like, <laughs> I think what it's
2: I'm What I'm imagining is some like old white guy Needs, he knows that he needs to, you know, not get canceled, right? So he calls you and says, come save me. What do I do with my company? Is that true or is that me also stereotyping? Right? Um,
0: yeah, that's true. <laughs> that true? definitely okay. happens.
2: So like you show up and like you're a cool young black woman and the, like old white guy's like, help me figure out how to train my employees, how train myself. Yeah, that that that's you walk pretty in accurate. Too. Yeah, is it okay?
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's typically, I, you know, it, I would say it's like 50-50, half of the clients are like, we really passionate about this. We believe in this. We've been doing this for a long time. We just need your help in guiding us along the process. The other half are kind of like, ah, panic. you know, there's been an incident. We need to fix it, which, you know, both are valid because as you say, like, if you are like a white dude, you probably don't know the experiences of like young people of color, for example. So yeah, there's definitely kind of a difference between folks who've been doing it for a long time and they're like, really committed to the process. They've got like budget for the process. They've mapped out a timeline, but then you get the folks who are like, quick, we need to fix this right now, but you can't fix racism in like a one hour workshop. For example, it's, you know, it's a process. It's a, it's, we have to build a relationship.
2: Like do you go in and and you go, okay, so what did he do? (laughs) Yes. And they tell you what he did. And do you ever sometimes go, I'm not helping you and leave. <laughs> like, you're screwed.
0: Sometimes. I mean, really? there's some situations where I'm like, okay, you need, what you need is legal support. And that's not what we do. We're not crisis management. We're not like trained lawyers. We're not therapists. Like we are here for the long run and we're trying to help with systemic change. We're trying to help with like inclusive language and like hiring practices. And I think people think that we can urgently fix any issue they have, but sometimes it's like, no, you know, we don't have the capacity to do those, um, yeah, crisis, yeah. basically.
2: Are you ever shocked when you show up? Like, <laughs> um, I mean, sometimes you know, really? What's the typical thing that you run into? We're talking local, right, in Vancouver. Oh,
0: yeah, for sure. Sometimes name calling or sometimes it's like, you know, Actively not hiring someone for a role or actively not giving someone a promotion, even though they have, you know, all the credentials and you can, you know, as as soon as you look at it, you know that it's racially motivated, maybe not intentional, because usually it's like an unconscious bias thing. Mm. Um, But you definitely see these issues of you know, especially young women of colour, especially young black women being sort of sidelined or not given the same opportunities as others or not paid the same right. as others. Yeah. Well, because
2: women alone have their own issues. Uh-huh. And then you go a, a woman who's black uh-huh. and young. So uh-huh. you got like ageism, sexism, <laughs> yeah. racism all in one. Yeah. So I guess a young black woman would have a lot of things stacked against her.
0: Yeah, totally.
2: And in Vancouver too? Yeah. Oh man, it makes me sad. I you know.
0: Think
2: that <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to think racism was like a thing of the past. Uh-huh. And then I grew up and realized, oh my God, racism is a thing now. Yeah, It's like really a
1: weird awakening.
0: Well, especially no, it is. being
1: in Canada. We yeah. always thought, hey, it's all
0: totally yeah.
2: great
1: here. And we're all, you know, when melting as a teenager, hot.
2: Honestly, when I was a teenager, I just cause I grew, up, grew up in Toronto. Everything was very multicultural. Uh-huh. I just thought, oh, racism was a thing from like back in the 60s or something, <laughs> some old fashioned thing. What advice can you give to people right now who are, maybe they haven't even thought about this. They're like, okay, we followed the Black Lives Movement. We've been interested and we've been... You know, the big conversation has been being open and listening, Mm -hmm. understanding what white privilege is. What could you say to a business owner right now that maybe hasn't taken the next step? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I mean, exactly as you say, listening, learning, keeping your eyes open. For example, when we have conversations about white privileges, people immediately close up and they feel defensive. They feel like they're being attacked or they feel like they're being told, oh, because you have white privilege, you've never had any hardships in your life. But that's not what it means. It just means that, you know, the places where you've got ahead in your life um, or maybe because you're white and other people haven't had those same opportunities. So I think, first of all, it's yeah, it's about empathy and you know understanding. It's not an attack. This is for all of us. Like we think that racism doesn't exist because it's almost invisible in a way that it acts like within the systems that we're part of.
2: I forget who it was that did that. They did some thing online where they submitted resumes to jobs with like white sounding names and then and did the exact same thing with ethnic names and they got accepted. For, or for called in for interviews with the white names, but didn't with the other names. How do you teach someone to open their mind to sometimes a bias that they don't even realize that they have?
0: Yeah, the thing with biases is that, you know, they're not inherently bad. They're just part of who we are as humans. Like we naturally create biases to keep ourselves safe. You know, we're very tribal as people. We want to connect with people who are like us, usually subconsciously. Um So first of all, I just encourage people to not lean into that guilt because that guilt is what, you know, it shames us and it makes us feel like, oh, I have a bias, therefore I am a bad person. But no, you have a bias because you're a human being. And I think that's a that's where I always start with things. And then, mm. you know, implementing processes like, um, you know, blind hiring practices where you don't take the name, for example, avoiding things like LinkedIn stalking and things that, that you know, we can do in the modern age now where we try right. to look at candidates outside of their what they've submitted to us. so, oh, so I look
2: yeah. at a candidate without seeing their face or their name. Yeah. Just look at the qualifications mm. and then... Yeah. So putting a process in where you know who the person... What their name is. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah.
0: One of my favorite studies actually is about um, the New York City Orchestra. And for a long time, 100% of the orchestra was men. Um, And what they did was they decided to put up a screen. So the musician is playing behind a screen. And then in just one year... Then fifty percent of the orchestra was women because they couldn't see who was playing. It's like the voice. Wow. Yeah. So the, exactly yeah. Like the, the bias was removed. Yeah. Wow, interesting. Yeah. So what is your business and where can people get a hold of you? Um uh, my business is Sicily Blaine Consulting. Uh the website is cicelyblaineconsulting.com or Sicily Blaine Consulting at on Instagram. Um yeah, we, we offer a range of services and you know, we're super excited to um just you know, I think one of the best things about my work is that it's applicable to anyone, any industry, any type of client. So, yeah, we're always open to new
2: things. Right on. It's really nice to meet you.
0: Yeah, it's wonderful to meet Thanks you, Thanks for too. coming in today. Thank you.
2: Cicely Blaine on everything. <laughs> yes. Online, on Instagram, <laughs> all over the place. Awesome. Give it up for Cicely. Hey. hey. Yay. Yay. Thank you.
1: Thank you. <laughs> the Big Free Plug. Proudly supported by Met Credit, the leader in debt collection.
2: Zed 95.3.